back like we never left it's double move sports y'all know who it is i'm steph and look i'm flying solo today alex alex took a little trip little vacation we're about to hit the ground running as soon as the draft plays out this week get hype i want to talk about my wish list, things I'm looking for, things I hope for from a fantasy perspective happen in this 2021 NFL draft. I'm tired today though, guys. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired because we stayed up till 2 a.m. last night in the Discord talking fantasy, helping each other out with our startups. We had a bunch of guys posting trades in there. Join our Discord community. It's free. If you don't know what Discord is, it's an app just like GroupMe or Slack. It's just a communications app. We got our little community in there. There's a voice chat. We're going to be looking at a ton of the moves under a microscope in that chat after this draft. So hit that up if you are interested in fantasy, want to talk dynasty. And we're starting leagues in there. We got some low stakes leagues. We got some high stakes leagues. Now let's get into it. All right. First wish on my wish list for what I want to see in this NFL draft and this is probably a pretty chalk one, but I think I speak for everybody when we want to see weapons, specifically wide receivers in this class. It is a pretty deep wide receiver class. We want to see weapons land on the teams where they know they're going to have plenty of opportunity pr to produce short-term and long-term. could potentially slide into a number two or number three role as early as this year. And for me, that's, that's the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Both have clear needs at wide receiver two right now the chiefs losing sammy watkins green bay doing whatever they've been doing the last year in the draft drafting quarterback drafting running back they need to get wide receivers for some reason they have in green bay some opposition to drafting stud wide receivers for one of the best quarterbacks in the league other ones that are in that mix could be new orleans depending on how you feel about Jameis, but from what we've seen from the mocks that have gone on so far, we know Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith are projected to go as high as top 10 in this draft. Some landing spots that I've seen have been Detroit. Atlanta's probably going to go Kyle Pitts, but who knows if they trade back. Philly, another landing spot where they need a clear alpha wide receiver one. That could be Jamar Chase. First day he steps on the field. But for the next year, you know, you got Rashad Bateman in there. Those in the dynasty community are very high on Rashad Bateman. He's not getting the hype in the big media mocks. Who knows? It's all it's all just conjecture at this point. You're making stuff up. You're, you're just throwing darts on a wall and hoping one sticks. If you're looking at these, you know, CBS, NFL Network mock drafts, I don't put too much stock in these. But based on what we're seeing, all right, we got – Chase and Smith going super early. And then after that, I mean, you got the Packers who have picks late. You got the Chiefs who have picks late. Would love to see a guy from the tier of Rashad Bateman, both either Rondell or Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall. I'm not even high on him, but Jalen Waddell, if he lands in the right spot, is going to shoot up draft boards. And I think these guys are going to be able to produce in those offenses as early as the first half of 2021 and we will see that play out I don't want to overvalue landing spot but landing spot is important especially for this range of guys who are more landing spot dependent and then if they go with a deeper name let's say a 
Kadarius Tony, right? Or an Amon Ross St. Brown, Dwayne Eskridge. As much as I hate to say it, my guy Tutu Atwell, it, I would be down for, for KC or Green Bay to take one of these names that we don't love from a dynasty perspective, that don't check all the boxes analytically, that have big question marks, whether it's the late breakout for Tony and Eskridge, whether it's some points to be desired from Amon Ross St. Brown as far as his speed, Tutu Atwell as far as his, his weight. If any of these guys go to a Chiefs or Packers, they're going to be instantly overvalued in rookie drafts. And I actually think that can create many more pockets of value based on the prospect profiles of the players that maybe the big media isn't as high on in the second and third rounds of our rookie drafts. This is one I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. You got Tylen Wallace in there. Who knows how he'll pen out. He doesn't have the early declare, but impressive production. Had the injury that that held him back from leaving early, but was essentially a 1,000-yard receiver three years straight at Oklahoma State. But that's, that's my first wish. The second wish, I wish that bad running backs don't get overdrafted. We're, we're in a really rough running back class, especially coming off of a monstrous 2020 class where we had Clutter Bridzelaire, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, even A.J. Dillon. We'll see how he pans out. I mean, that's essentially it from the 2020 class, but that's a lot of great names right there, and that's that's more than you typically see. I mean, think back to 2019. We had Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, and then Darrell Henderson, Damian Harris, the, the word is still out on him. Tony Pollard's interesting, but most of these classes only have two stud running backs, two or three stud running backs. They get the early draft capital that check all the boxes that are monster producers. In this case, both of the top two guys this season are not early declares, which is almost the opposite because last year, everybody was an early declare in that running back class. And they look to be, for the most part, all, all hitting at the next level. But most classes don't look like the 2020 class. We could look at the 2018 class. We had Saquon Barkley, then Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. I mean, essentially, it's it's Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley are the two that have, have truly been hits up to this point. Very rough class in 2018. 2017 was pretty loaded. That's your Fournette, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt class. That one was loaded, but that's not what we're seeing here in this 2021 class. I think it's more like the 2016 class where we have, you know, Zeke, Derrick Henry, and then a few guys here and there that, that can reach relevance for some period of time. Kenyon Drake was in that class. Jordan Howard was in that class. But in, in this 2021 class, there's really, it, it's a big two, big three. And I'm afraid of how quickly this running back class runs dry that we're going to see names like Trey Sermon, Chuba Hubbard, a guy that I was very high on earlier in the, in the, in the process, Jermar Jefferson. I don't know. I'm worried that one of those three guys is going to get dangerously overdrafted come this weekend and with how heavy draft capital correlates to running back breakouts that means if any of these guys get drafted day two we we almost have to love them from an analytics perspective even though 
all these guys have red flags. Trey Sermon struggled to, to be the top guy on many of the teams he was on in college, even though his numbers were impressive. I think physically he has ton of ton of upside, plenty of tools that he can use at the next level, but I have hesitation with transfer, the injuries. There's just there's some red flags. There's some question marks around Trey Sermon. He's probably the guy I would be most excited if he does go to a, la- a good landing spot out of this tier of Sermon, Chuba, and, and Jamar. Chuba really hurt his stock in 2020. He should have came out in the 2019 class after he had that monstrous 2,000-yard season, but he's kind of on the decline. I have a sense, and we've talked about this you know, on the mocks that we've run. Go check those out on our channel if you have not yet. But with Chuba, I have concerns that he's toast. Like the 40 time wasn't there. We know this guy was has Olympic track speed, was an Olympic track runner for Canada. Why is he then posting a 4-5-1 at his pro day? It's just, I thought we were going to see more there. And then to play this year in a COVID season, seven games, 133 carries for 625 yards. For his standards, an extremely low 4.7 yards per carry. Did have six touchdowns. Didn't really command volume through the air at all. Only a 2.9% target share. Eight receptions on 10 targets. His junior season in 2020, it's just there's still a lot to be desired. Chuba is an upside home run play. Maybe if he does land in Denver, like Alex and I have talked about on the show before, I'll be more excited for him. But I just, I don't know. If he goes second round... We pretty much have to love Chuba. Same thing with Jamar Jefferson. Now, Jamar is not getting the hype as far as the mainstream media and their narratives. But I like Jamar Jefferson because he was phenomenal as a rookie in 2018. Dropped off, dealt with injury in 2019 as a sophomore. And then junior year, he did he did show a bounce back. But he checks almost no boxes from a measurables perspective. He came in lighter than we expected at 5'10", 206. Disgusting 4'6", time, adjusted for the combine. Not very bursty, not very agile. There's questions around Jamar Jefferson. But again, if, if they get the high draft capital, we got to love these guys that go in this range. And because it's such a desolate running back class it does feel like some of these guys will get overdrafted another wish though I I hope and I I wish that the Jaguars and the Dolphins don't bring in stud rookie running backs so they don't use any of their high-end draft capital for a running back because we love James Robinson and Miles Gaskin in fantasy. We love these undrafted free agent running backs that come out and produce and are used at all three downs at the pro level. Now, for James Robinson, should we expect him to lead the league in opportunity share again in 85% opportunity share? No, probably not. And should we expect him to be fifth in the league in rushing yards again? Top 15 in receiving yards, top 10 in receptions, probably not. There's there's some regression to be expected in James Robinson. That's kind of built into his ADP right now in startups, in best ball leagues. But, I mean, he's competing with Carlos Hyde 
Ryquel Armstead, Divino Zigbo. There's a clear path here for James Robinson to get pretty close. I'm not going to say repeat, but get very close to what he did just from a production standpoint, not necessarily the volume, but that's that's the concern with James Robinson. If they do bring in, let's just say, a Travis Etienne into Jacksonville, it's going to be a lot less appealing for James Robinson in Dynasty. I'd rather him just we need more of these three down workhorse backs and that's what James Robinson is that's how he was utilized as a rookie had a monster season I want to see more of that I think everybody does we're all rooting for James Robinson he was the talk of many redraft shows waiver shows dynasty talk I I like James Robinson I want to see him do well I want to see him up in this tier and if they do bring in a stud it's it's going to be looking pretty bleak for J-Rob as far as what is his volume, what is his role on the offense? Does he become a Carlos Hyde? Ironically, the guy they brought in to compete with him so far. And then for Miles Gaskin, he was an efficient pass catching back. Actually led all running backs in yards per reception. Was top three in yards per route run. Had a exceptional 87% catch rate. Was great through the air. If they bring in Najee Harris, the Dolphins, they have four picks in the top 50. I feel like they are going to bring somebody in. But if they don't, Gaskin will shoot up draft boards. His ADP is going to skyrocket. I think at a minimum, he still is going to have some pass-catching utility in Miami. But we need him to get you know, the 14 carries per game that he was getting for him to really have this, you know, RB2 value where most of us have him. So wishing and hoping that the Jaguars and the Dolphins do not spend early draft capital on a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. Kenny Gainwell, I'd probably be okay with in the case of James Robinson. But the next wish is that Justin Fields, if, if he's going to not get a top three draft capital investment from Jacksonville, New York or San Francisco if he's gonna get thrashed like that which I don't know call it call it a, a symptom of the antiquated beliefs of the NFL or, or of, of media narratives I really do hope Justin Fields does not fall in this draft it would be a travesty because this guy's gonna be so fun for fantasy but what'll make him even more fun for fantasy if he lands in Washington where, look, he can he can play the transition role just like two of us saw in Miami last year. Fields can step in for Fitzmagic after a few games. They don't have to throw him into the fire right away, but then has an ascending Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick as a perfect quarterback's best friend, you know, safety valve. That's certainly going to help a rookie quarterback. Then you have Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Who knows if Antonio Gandy-Golden will turn into anything. You got Adam Humphreys, old reliable in the slot. And then Logan Thomas, we saw him have some big weeks last year. So that's a that's a loaded weapons group. And if Fields lands there, whew, he'll, he'll be flirting with the 101 for me. And same thing for the Denver Broncos as a landing spot. The Broncos have the ninth pick. They have a top 10 pick in this draft, assuming the first three picks are quarterbacks. You have Atlanta, maybe they're going to trade back, probably not going to go QB. Cincinnati, not going to go QB. Miami, not going to go QB. Detroit, maybe. Carolina, probably not after the Sam Darnold move. So then it's it's Denver who could be sitting there with their pick 
of Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, if he falls there, which again would be egregious. But if he does, it is a fire landing spot because you got Melvin Gordon as a safety valve in the backfield, probably going to bring in another running back at some point in this draft. Loaded pass catching weapons. You got Cortland Sutton outside, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick was a slot role player that looked pretty good last year. KJ Hamler as an outside field stretcher with some some decent draft capital investment from last season. I think he has room for improvement. Very exciting player and, and prospect. And then at tight end, you got Noah Fant and Albert O, both very strong, young, ascending, receiving tight ends. So that's another great landing spot. If Justin Fields lands there, again, he will be, for me, in that discussion at the 101, him or Trevor Lawrence in Superflex. And one of my last wishes here, I, I wish for the LA Chargers to get Justin Herbert some weapons. Invest in this offense. Invest in this franchise QB that you hit on in the draft last year. This is this is one of those moves where the Chargers should instantly go into win-now mode because they have a great young quarterback on a rookie contract. They, they need to go in right now. They have four four-year window to go and try to make some moves before they're going to have to to you know mortgage their future on keeping Justin Herbert around. It's just it's just a fact of how contracts go in the league. So Chargers are rebuilding on the fly. They got Brandon Staley in as head coach now. Swapped in for Anthony Lynn. This was the defensive coordinator for the Rams last year, Brandon Staley. Now their head coach, they bring in Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator for what it's worth. He coached Drew Brees for most of his career, either as a quarterback's coach. He was an offensive coordinator with the Saints at one time. He was also an offensive coordinator with the Lions in 2014 when they had Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate, both over 1,000 receiving yards in a season. Let's recreate that magic. Let's get two wide receivers that are putting up 1,000 yards on the Chargers because Justin Herbert can support that if he continues to develop. They already brought in Jared Cook, which it's fine. He, he can play a role. He gives you a buffer against having to, to draft a tight end too early or you know, wait a few years for a Hunter Long or a Brevin Jordan to develop. And last year, I mean, Herbert was balling out, and he was dishing the ball to Jalen Guyton, who's an undrafted field stretcher. I, I like Jalen Guyton a lot, but – for a guy like that to come out of nowhere and get almost a 10% target share as a rookie, you got to give Justin Herbert a more elite field stretcher. Kalen Bellage was averaging 11 carries and over three targets per game last year on that offense. Tyron Johnson was another undrafted weapon on the outside. They were piecing this together in LA last year because Tyron Johnson was relied upon heavily down the stretch, including shootout games with Kansas City, with Vegas, with Atlanta. And then you have Joshua Kelly kind of bustering out after looking interesting coming into the season. But I, I think he's going to have a hard time commanding volume in that backfield against the stable of other backs that they have. Then you got my boy, XFL legend Donald Parham, filling in the tight end role. I, I like him, but he's another undrafted small school guy. We need to get Herbert a receiving weapon that he can grow with, one that fits his skill set deep downfield, 
Give him a guy on the outside who can play as the clear two to Keenan Allen, who's sucking up all that volume underneath. Maybe a running back to raise the floor in that running back room would help as well. I've seen Javante Williams mocked to the Chargers, which I think would be a great landing spot. He could be a one-two punch with Eckler for the next couple of years. But, I mean, I like a Jalen Waddle or a Diami Brown. One of these field stretcher guys, of course, would love Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall on that Chargers team. I don't think they need Elijah Moore because they already have Keenan Allen playing that role underneath in the slot. But, but the Chargers, if, if I'm the Chargers, I'm drafting defense and weaponry for Justin Herbert to go out and produce, make it easier on my, my new coaching staff to go out and win some games in their first year, building their system around Herbert. And then lastly, I just, I, I want a fun draft. I want to see blockbuster trades while teams are on the clock. I feel like this year more than ever, maybe it's because of COVID, there's this lack of this like face-to-face meeting and networking from big media or with like the coaches and the scouts. But I feel like this year we're hearing more buzz than ever that teams are looking to trade back in the draft, trade up in the draft. A lot of teams need quarterbacks. Hope you guys can follow along with us in the Discord. Again, the link to that is in the description below. We're going to hit the ground running, breaking it all down here on the channel. Again, a like and a sub, guys. Always greatly appreciated. Keeps the wind in our sails here at Double Move. We're not doing this to get paid. We're not doing this for any other reason than we love football. And if we can help others enjoy football, enjoy their passion as much as we do, that's a win for us. But let us know to keep doing this by supporting the show. But I want to jump into a recent startup draft board from our boy, Hey Daily. Shout out to you, Daily. One of the homies in the Discord, been in there for a while. He's new to the Dynasty game, but decided to join a startup this year. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by the draft that he's put together. Let me pull that up. We'll go through it together. Because this is this is startup season for a lot of folks. You know, we're doing best ball leagues. We got the full guide and strategy to best ball. Been having a ton of fun with that at this time of the year. But it's it's also dynasty startup time. A lot of people starting new leagues. So I wanna I wanna get into this, talk a little bit about some of the player values. So this is a super flex dynasty startup for real money. Rookies were not included in this draft. You see it done a ton of different ways in this particular league. It's not it's not my favorite way to do it, but essentially they're giving out rookie draft order in reverse of the startup order. To me, that's not the most fair way to do it, but people do it, whatever it is, what it is. I don't set the rules. I just want to help people win their leagues. So <clears throat> to start off, you see, you see what is probably against the grain as far as what most content creators, most fantasy sites are going to have four dynasty ADP in Superflex. You have the big four quarterbacks go off the board instantly. Deshaun Watson would be in that tier, but we know the situation that he's in right now. Who knows if he plays in 2021? So, you know, even though it is against the grain, I think it is pretty chalk. Like you see this a lot. You see a huge QB run, especially with the young guys, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert emerging going almost right away and then you see folks dip into the running backs so for me look I'm, I'm not going to debate too hard 
about taking Justin Herbert at the 104. I think you can make a, a pretty strong case for it. I feel like you can get a Russell Wilson, a Ryan Tannehill, a Joe Burrow, a Tua, a Jalen Hurts later on. I would have probably have gone running back at this 104 spot. But look, if you're a Herbert truther, I'm also kind of a Herbert truther, so I, I don't hate it. And then you have CMC and Saquon. You know, those are the consensus 101 and 102 of the last couple years. Looks like it's going to remain that way this season. And then my boy Daly, I, I love the pick right here. For me, this would have been between either Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. Because when you get the early quarterback run, not only does it create this artificial scarcity in the position, almost immediately you're like, shoot, I need to get a QB or else I'm not going to be able to have a set it and forget it stud young QB that I can throw into my super flex spot any given week that I can keep as my QB point difference maker every single week. So to get Lamar Jackson here, I love it because when you look at the running backs that are still there, you're like only two running backs have gone, four QBs have gone. Would it have been great to get a Jonathan Taylor there? Absolutely would have been. Would it have been great to get an Alvin Kamara there, Dalvin Cook? I probably would have waited on those guys. And I have to feel like at this point, if I'm in Daly's position at the 107, that one of these running backs in this top tier, whether it's the proven stud like Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook or Kamara, or if it's the young ascending guy like Jonathan Taylor, like DeAndre Swift, like Cam Akers, like J.K. Dobbins, one of those guys is going to make it to me in the second round, and that's exactly how it played out for Daly. Getting Cam Akers at the 206, all their options there were you know, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb was still there, but I think for a start to a dynasty startup, you do want the young ascending running backs, Cam Akers. It, it was a limited sample size. It was you know five games in the back of the 2020 season, but if he is the true future of that Rams offense, it's a massive deal. And you're going to be impressed that you were able to get Akers after Cook, Kamara, Swift, Henry. If we see the last five games of 2020 play out into 2021 with Akers. So I like that pick a lot. Typically in these, these dynasty startups, I'm not even thinking about wide receiver unless there's a tremendous value. I would not have blamed Daly for going A.J. Brown there at the 206, but that would lock him into kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as running back value. His his RB1 would have to be something like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Antonio Gibson or Miles Sanders, which for me, that's fine. Um, but I get going Akers there, especially in dynasty. I think Akers is flirting with top five in dynasty leagues right now. And then in the third round, after going Lamar Jackson, Cam Akers, I, I love the way that Daly let the values just fall to him. Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf all went. And then you had A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill. Joe Burrow taking the second round. Yikes. Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Adams at the 212. Look at this guy at the, at the 101 going Mahomes. Adams, you got to be careful in these super flex drafts not to over-index the QB position because you can still stream a QB2. You can go get a Matt Ryan, a Baker Mayfield. You can buy low on a Tua at the end of the season and hope he ascends throughout his career. But daily letting Calvin Ridley, a young but proven wide receiver fall to him, I like it. I'm, I'm not going to debate him too hard there. I probably would have gone with an Antonio Gibson or a, a Miles Sanders 
But for the fact that he was able to get Austin Eckler at the 4-6 is a big deal. You see this team drafting at the ninth overall spot, going JT, Derek Henry, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Miles Sanders to start a draft. Sheesh. I don't know how I feel about that. But when you see a guy like that on the board, it's like, shoot, I need to get a running back here. And so for Daly to get Eckler, the other LA running back, as is RB2, it's fantastic value. We saw Joe Mixon also fall. I think I would have taken Mixon over Eckler, but we're splitting hairs at this point. It's it's guys that are in this low-end RB1 upside tier. Austin Eckler does get the premium in PPR because he is going to catch so many passes. So love, love the start to this draft. These first four picks. Now in the fifth round, another pick I really like. You know, this is a good mix of youth and current production. Daly is setting himself up pretty well for the future by getting T. Higgins in the fifth. Perfect wide receiver two name right now. I have T. Higgins on a lot of rosters as my wide receiver two and feel phenomenal about that. Even if they do bring in Jamar Chase, T. will command volume. He will be a red zone threat. And the Bengals are going to pass the ball enough for both of these guys to carve out enough targets to be fantasy relevant now and in the future. So T. Higgins, love the pick there, especially when you're moving out of that tier after Brandon Ayuk, DJ Moore. Then you're looking at you know, the next two wide receivers that went, Mike Evans and, and Jerry Judy. So to me, T. Higgins, the last guy who does have that youth, does have plenty of upside, the last guy from this wide receiver tier. And now you can essentially get out of the first five rounds with a stud QB, two productive and relatively young running backs. I know Austin Eckler's 25, but I think most of us expect him to have value over the next couple of years just due to his play style. He's not a 300 carry a year Derrick Henry type guy. He's not a 400 touch Christian McCaffrey type guy. I think for a lot of us, we do expect Eckler to be an effective, productive receiving back late into his 20s, like a, you know, Darren Sproles, a James White, a Deion Lewis type of pass catching back. So I, I, I like the Eckler pick, but I do think looking back on this draft, Daly could have gone with Darren Waller in the third round. I probably would have gone with Antonio Gibson or Miles Sanders in that third round spot. I know that may be a hot take to some because in the fourth round, there's still plenty of wide receiver value to be found with Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin going back of the fourth. Michael Thomas back of the fourth. You could have him as your wide receiver one. You're going to feel great about it. Same thing with Chris Godwin. Same thing with Amari Cooper. Same thing with Terry McLaurin. So at that point for where he was, there there weren't any other QBs I would consider. Maybe Ryan Tannehill, but he also didn't go until back of the fourth. So I probably would have gone running back in the third round, but I cannot fault you with a young, exciting Calvin Ridley with a 32-year-old Julio Jones on the decline. He's going to take over the mantle as the wide receiver one for Atlanta. But this is, this is the stuff that we like to do in the Discord, guys. Break down these picks, break down these ADPs, break down these startup drafts. So hop in that Discord. Would love to review that with you guys in real time. We're going to be doing live streams in there. It's just a party. So join the Dynasty Party. Join the Fantasy Football Party in the Discord. A like and a sub again. Always appreciated, guys. And we'll see you next time. Peace.